You're live. What's up, guys? What's going on? Hope everybody's doing well out there in the Facebook world. We are doing a little different setup, so I'm like kind of looking at you guys and looking at the camera <laughs> over here and setting up a little bait cam. That was pretty cool. Bait um, cam. I like that term. So let me bring on Judd here. What's up, dude? What's going on? Camera looks a little different, but hey, whatever. We don't have any monitors, and I didn't set up a shot with you and I, so we're just going to do <laughs> We're like just going to roll with it because the bait cam is more important. The which bait you guys, cam. Which you guys will do well. So. We don't care what we look like. Yeah, we don't care. It doesn't really matter. I could probably I could probably just add me right into your shot right now. Let's see. Let's see if it works. Let's see what you got. Oh, here we go. Yeah, look at that. Camera within a camera. You guys can see me up here in the corner. New little shot, new little nerd technique. <laughs> um, so anyway, man, how, how, what's been going on, dude? What's been going on in the water? Oh, man. Uh, trout fishing continues to be good. It's definitely changing up. Fish are moving into their winter patterns, I'd say. Um, and lo lots of fish still around, lots of small fish kind of uh, interfering with day-to-day with -day fishing, but uh, still still a great time to be on the water. And a lot of big fish caught recently um, in front of this front that's coming through, this big nor'easter. And uh, the albacore showed back up for a few days. That was cool. The red fishing in the ocean on the jetty has been really good. It's... it's uh, Fall fishing and winter fishing has been great. Lots of schools of redfish in the marsh. It's been a it's been a good uh, a good fall and winter so far. Yeah, man. So a lot of lot of big trout, like lot, you said. A lot of big trout. What's the biggest one you've seen so far? What's the biggest one that we've reposted? I think the uh, the Richard Gilligan's thirty two inch. Is it the one that nine, won all the tournaments? It's probably going to win a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nine, yeah. nine point nine point eight was it nine point eight? Yeah, thirty two. Nine point eight pounds. Yeah, I feel bad for Richard, man. It, I, I, I saw his post on Instagram this morning. and People just chewing yeah, them out. A lot of just hate. haters, a lot of haters yeah. out there saying, "Oh, that fish was caught in a gill net. Look at the gill net scars." And if they've, if anybody's caught a trout before, they know that they love wrapping themselves up in the line when they come up and head shake. That's and, true. Yeah, um, yeah. But he, he's an incredible trout fisherman, one of the best trout fishermen around, and probably in the in the state for sure in the state and catches a lot of big fish and yeah um people are gonna hate but he just he's doing a great job out there he's the one catching the fish while they're sitting there on their couch hating so hey that's <laughs> it man it, it can be pretty tough on instagram yeah instagram facebook Andy. but show me the fish keyboard warriors keyboard i, I love warriors. Being a, i love keep being a keyboard warrior hey, what is going on man we're gonna go ahead and bring you on travis what's are you gonna you can get a sip of water yeah, go ahead and take i'll a let sip. you get a sip there i'll go to my shot here and let you enjoy your water just don't breathe <laughs> just don't breathe heavily heavily into the mic it's so annoying <sighs> yeah dude it's okay to be a mouth breather i'll turn on that one effect where it's like the monster sound or whatever <laughs> so yeah we got travis in the studio with us travis overman we're gonna be talking about trout tactics and all your fun do we got a i'm just gonna show the shot i can't even wait i can't even wait look at this little bait cam shot we're gonna be talking about all the these different kind of little bait cam shot there we set up with the iphone so travis super stoked to have you on the show super stoked to have you in studio right you and i did a show yeah. before yeah. and that was awesome uh so really good to have you on man yeah i'm excited to be on the show with you too yeah i uh, I'm looking, oh yeah you I haven't been on you guys haven't been yeah, on the show together no, not together we were supposed uh, to, and then my dog had to die about two hours before we went live. And so I, I bailed on it. So what a d Blame that dumb him. dog! What to do? No, I'm just kidding. I shouldn't say. <laughs> I'm it's over it now. I can soon. joke about it now. No, but I do it, and uh, appreciate you guys having me back on. Yeah, man. You awesome, fish dude. nerd, you. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. I saw your Instagram story today that said, "I'm a nerd. Tune in tonight." Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, that's awesome. Well, hey, let's do this real quick. Let's shout out to our sponsors, and then we'll just we'll get right into it. What do you say, Judd? I'm into it. So since you don't have the list of sponsors, because I don't have a monitor for you guys. Dude, we, on the podcast last week, I remembered every one of them. I was proud of every myself. Every single one. Usually I, I don't even remember a single one of them. So. Oh, man. Well, I will say them really quick. We have Ice Strike Fishing. Get on there. They got all kinds of holiday deals I saw going on, so I don't know what they're going to be running through the rest of the uh, Christmas season here, but be sure to check in with those guys. We have Sito here in Riceville Beach, so reach out to Sito. Scott, don't want to get stuck out there on the water. Uh, Afco got some great Afco gear. Um, man, just a really awesome product. They did. I saw them at the uh, Intercoastal Angler not too long ago. There, uh, doing a little sidewalk sale. So be sure to check out those guys. Uh, Eastern Angling. Um, Judd Brock here. We'll take you fishing, man. Great fishing this fall. So make sure you book a trip with him. Marshware. Uh, Travis is actually sporting a Marshware shirt tonight. Looking good. Looking real good. Looking good. We'll we'll switch back and show all that beautiful uh, <laughs> hoodie you got on. <laughs> I love their stuff, man. Of course, I you know we print shirts and do all that stuff, something like that. So it looks pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of Thorpe Creative, colors. so if you want to start your own company to compete with, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Call me. I'll help you. Uh, so Thorpe Creative, we do all that. CT Custom Lures makes great uh, flies. I'm actually still waiting on some carp flies from him. So I ordered, I ordered them a long time ago. He made them. We just can't, can't connect yeah. for some reason. And then it's crazy last, how busy life gets. Dude, it's crazy. And then last but not least, KBT Realty. Come check it out. Come see me. Buy a house. Sell a house. Buy a house. Invest a in a house. Trip. Another fishing trip. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. You want to buy a house, Travis? <laughs> I just purchased one. Oh, come on. Take that thing back and buy from me. <laughs> you can take it back? <laughs> yeah, I wish, right? Uh, we can sell it for you. Oh, man. So, Maybe in five years. Oh, <laughs> uh, Dude, I'm going to try to do a different shot here. I'm going to try to do it with a camera. Oh, here we go. Dude, I can do a camera within a camera. So I'm like on your That's stomach cool. right now. What's up? I'm going to move it over here to this side so it doesn't look so awkward. Hello. You guys can't see anything. This is all perfect. No, I'm just I'm in this little you. corner. Perfect, man. Well, let's get into uh, it. Let's yeah. talk about trout. For sure, let's do it. Um, yeah, we. I guess last time, what was the topic we talked about the first time you came on? It was was summer redfish patterns. Uh, I think primarily live bait fishing. Live bait fishing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So yeah, me and Travis have been good buddies for for a while, and really just started fishing together. I'd say um, maybe two years ago, and mm -hmm. and this this winter we've had a lot of similar days off, and so we've been fishing together a lot. And Travis is. Uh, Travis is, knows a lot about trout fishing tackle. Like, yeah. I, I kind of I, I can look in the box and like be like, I need this weight. I have no clue what the weight is, but I know this is the one that weighs what I want it to weigh. Travis will be like, that's the, the this is you know three sixteenths, and these are these hooks, and and I, yeah. I like want that, but I'm just not smart enough to remember all that. So Travis is is a great great resource on the water for myself, even when I'm like talking about you know jig head weights and and like hook size and all these different little things that really yeah. do play in, and so. Um, we're excited to have him on to talk about trout, trout fish and tackle and tactics. It's probably going to be heavier on the tackle side, but like yeah, the sure. tactics of how to apply these different baits and different things. Yeah. yeah, which we could talk about for days, but we'll try to get through this hour. And <laughs> we'll just try to get through the hours if we can make it. If us three we can, can make it through this hour, we're, we're going to make it through the rest of our lives. <laughs> I hope, yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, I'm gonna. So let me ask you a question. Y'all don't know, but we all have pistols pointed at each other under the table right now. <laughs> Dude, don't get me. I'm on like a pistol kick right now. Don't even get me started. <laughs> Don't even get me started. A pistol kick. I'm on a pistol kick right now. So, um, so dude, let me ask you, Judd. So you go out there and you're trying to figure out what weight you want. Are you like doing the wet finger in the yeah. air? I, first and then, off, and then I you pick up two baits and you're like, mm, this one feels better. I, I wet my finger, hold it into the wind, <laughs> and then I take a, take my two baits and I toss them up. 
and see how the wind affects the cast. You know, I'm going to know. I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't do it. Dude, I was like, hold on a second. Sound There's probably somebody out there who does that exactly what you're saying. I feel like it's a great way to lose a bunch of mirror lures overboard and get yeah. someone for them. For sure. <laughs> the wind blows. Yeah. It's, uh, no, I, 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 uh, I, I feel like, well, that's a great, that's a great kind of, that, that gets me thinking about like a good starting topic here. And that would be like, what do you tie on first? Like when you go to a spot and, and you're maybe fishing a spot, you've been fishing or not, but you're just mm-hmm. your confidence bait, your search bait, um, that in windy or calm conditions, you know, dirty water, clean water. What's your Travis, what's your kind of like go-to confidence search bait? Like, what are you going to tie on first? My first bait would be a paddle tail. Paddle tail. Yeah. Okay. Usually, um, like a heavier, like a quarter ounce. I, I guess it just depends on the depth I'm fishing and like the area I'm fishing. Um, if it's shallow, I'm fishing probably an eighth, you know, maybe yeah, a three sixteenth. Yeah. And then if it's deeper, I'll fish, um, you know, a quarter ounce to uh five eighths jig head. Yeah. Just depends. And then bait size, probably, you know, three to five inch, uh, paddle tail. Okay. And, and you have a paddle tail over there in your pile of goodies. I do. I want to look at it. Let's see. Hold on. Bait cam. Bait cam. Okay. Yeah. That one. And what is that? What color is that right there? That is a Z-Man Redbone diesel minnow um it's good yeah, for not... clear water you know dirty river water um just about anywhere you want to fish and i mean that's my search bait i i know a lot of people throw popping cork shrimp um just feel like i could fish fast and cover a lot of water throwing that bait and knowing where fish will be getting bit maybe not get big bites but just getting bit so that's my go-to bait, and then I can pick if I get bit, pick that water apart with some, yeah. you know, slower, you know, like trout trick baits or DOA shrimp or. So if you find one trout, you find a lot of trout. They've run in schools like most fish, or not necessarily, but here recently that's been the case. Okay. And Judson could yeah second that with uh where with there's some one the there's more mm-hmm. for sure, and even sometimes like me and Travis got on like a big fish bite like in one area we would caught a couple five pounders in Holy one cow. zone, so it's like. Um, I don't. I'm gonna take this jacket off. I don't. Know. I think I look here. really cool in this jacket, but yeah. it's getting really pretty warm. <laughs> so Intercoastal angler will appreciate the left chest ginormous yeah, print there. Yeah, yeah, looking good. Um, but yeah, I think one of the cool things about a paddle tail too is there's so many different ways to work it to yep. work a paddle tail. Sure. And one thing that I never did with a paddle tail before trout fishing, which is pretty stupid because it's like the best way to work a paddle tail probably is just swimming it, kind of crawling it on the bottom. And and me and Travis had some really good days this year fishing like that, but throwing it out there, letting it hit the bottom and just slow retrieving it with like some little twitches, maybe not even twitching it at all. It's almost like flounder fishing. Yeah. But you're swimming it, I guess, just off the bottom. Yeah. And and actually, um, was out, it's probably been probably six weeks ago, maybe five or six weeks ago. Water was still pretty warm, but um, the fish were just acting weird. So, uh, a friend of mine, John in Carolina beach, we went, we hit the river, um, and found a school of fish and the mullet were still actively running at that time. Yeah. And, um, we saw some, some trout blow up on these mullet that were working this grass line. And so we threw paddle tails in on top of that school of bait fish immediately got bit three casts later. We didn't get bit for 15 minutes. So it's like, I fished fast, burning it on the top, kind of mid-water column, and he fished it as slow as he could on the bottom. He would burn it and kill it, but on the bottom. And he got more bites than I did. So it's like, then I started changing out, uh, changing up my retrieve and um, crawling it real slow, but not stopping it on the bottom. 
and then I got more bites than he did. So it was like, it was weird. And you can fish a paddle tail a hundred different ways, like yeah. Judson was saying, but that is my go-to bait. It's probably one of the most effective baits, a paddle tail rigged on a, on a jig head, or even really just a swim bait in general, to be able to th- just have it that one bait, one weight tied on and, and still be able to fish every section of the water column, True. you know, with, with the one bait. I th- maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's probably the best bait for that. You know, you still get good action just swimming it. Where like a trout trick or or you know you know a soft plastic kind of stick bait, if you will, mm-hmm. um, it's it's not going to be as effective mid water column. It's more of like a bottom it, style bait. It is know? for sure, and I feel like uh, yeah, the trout trick. If the fish are holding up on the bottom, you can almost fish it with like a shaky head jig head. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I didn't even I didn't think to bring those in here, but you know, late winter I mean, when it's brutally cold, water temperatures are like the high forties, um, just, you know, January, February fishing for trout. If, when they get lethargic, I just, you know, you almost throw up, throw out and retrieve in three, like your cast is three minutes long. Oh, gotcha. Your one retrieve or one cast, like two or three minutes long. Like just fishing an area that, you know, that holds fish or big fish and just fishing as slow as you can on the bottom. And I've had really good luck fishing that trout trick on a bass, Shaky head, jig head, like a VMC. Okay. Yeah. One thing that I've noticed, I did some filming of of some of the Z-Mans rigged with some of the ice strikes underwater in my buddy's pool. Pretty nerdy. That's that's uh, that's my nerdy fishing side coming out. But the cool thing about the Z-Mans is they f- the, the soft plastic floats. Oh, and yeah. So like yeah. if you were working like a dense paddle tail that didn't float mm-hmm. and working it really slow on the bottom, you're not probably going to get a, a paddle – because yeah, you're not getting as much action from it, yeah. But when yeah. that tail is floating up above the back of the hook, even if you're reeling it slow, that tail's still kind of barely kicking mm-hmm. um, above the bottom because it's wanting to hold up and the, the head's holding it down. So you get oh, you, yeah. you can work a Z-Man a lot slower on the bottom and still get action. Yeah, I feel like the elastic material is more buoyant than your traditional soft plastics. And I think the original trout trick is, uh, you know, your, your regular plastic. So it doesn't have a tendency to float up when you're fishing it still yeah. it just lays on the bottom yeah so that thing yeah I, I i when somebody else was telling us that on the previous podcast and i was like man i'm gonna go just check it out because i never and it's so funny because you know you go out there and you go to the tackle shop and everybody's like oh buy this do this do that throw it out there reel it in you know you're like oh cool but you never really think about you just watch how one guy you went in the middle middle of summer how he fished and caught a bunch of fish yeah. and then you try to fish that same way in the winter time and then you're like dude this sucks i'm not catching anything and then the guy like up the creek from he's like slaying them right, like, what the right. freak is this guy doing right. so oh, it, it that definitely makes sense. happens yeah that makes sense so that's it, funny you said that i was just reading this comment from andrew de damara i probably butchered that last name but he said my 11 year old son was just slow swimming a diesel minnow this past weekend and outfished me five to one and i was jigging it off the bottom so fishing the same bait different retrieve you know seeing different outcomes it definitely don't just fish a bait one way like fish yeah. when you're looking for fish fish a bait every way you know how to fish it and see where that bite comes. And, and fishing different different types of retrieves, different yeah. speeds. and Yes. For sure. All right. And primarily, hmm. like, so, I mean, I think it's just a good go-to bait all around. Yeah. Because, I mean, trout, they eat bait fish, menhaden, and mullet, oh, yeah. glass minnows. I mean, glass minnows is, like, a really good food source for them, but. Um, and, and what just, length are you typically going? What's your go-to length on there? Is I, it just. I, mean, I grew up fishing a three-inch grub, and so then I went to a three-inch paddle tail, and. I recently started throwing a bigger paddle tail bait. You know, I was catching your 22, 24 inch fish on a three inch bait. And when Judson and I found some quality fish the other day, um, like nothing under 20 inches, 
we kind of played with the idea of fishing a bigger bait for a bigger bite. Yeah. And lo and behold, we had three fish around five pounds Dang. on a five inch diesel minnow. Yeah. Man. And I'm Dang. not going to say any names, but there's a guy here too that love that, that, that swims a bait by that same, uh, I was trying to say something catchy, but I, I butchered it, <laughs> but swims a bait by that same theory. And, uh, I've seen him throw in the, the seven inch diesel minnow, big old swim bait and yeah. catching trout. And he said, he's catching, sometimes we'll catch a 14 inch trout on it. Dang. 14 inch trout, eating a seven inch yeah. swim bait. So, yeah, cause I guess trout, man, their mouths will open up like well, huge. If you, well, if you think about it, like not all fish are going to eat from behind. Yeah. Right? They usually go for the eye or the, the, the head of the bait. Like if you look at most of your mirror lure bites or your, um, just your hard bait bites in general, sometimes the bait fish is reversed and, the front hook is in their throat. Oh uh, yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, a lot of fish are going for the head. So you think they're coming around to the front and attacking it from the front? Is that how they're from doing the it? Side oh, just from, from the, the side front. or from yeah. the front? Yeah. So kind of like a quartering towards. As long as you don't have like a a ten alt or twelve alt hook. Yeah. I mean, those smaller fish will definitely eat that big swim bait. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy, man. It is crazy. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty. In, like just that one thing that you said. I'm like, golly, because my father-in-law he was in this past weekend, and so we went fishing. Of course, we were fishing in the surf, so I feel like that's a whole other world to figure out and learn when you get water just, you know, gushing at you. Water. And um, so I, I don't know how you would would you fish that in the surf like that? Have you? I mean, I know you're. I don't a, a guide and you boat fish, but we fish the surf. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like a lot of the of my friends I just talked to recently. I mean, a lot of big fish are coming from the surf right now, and I mean that's Judson found some fish in the surf, you know, month, a couple months ago. Yeah, pushing in the inlets and. Um, working their way down the beaches, I uh, just don't – I usually just hop in the boat and head to the river or, you know, just fish some local creeks. Uh, Sounds like a country either, song. Either in South Border or around <laughs> Wilmington. I hop in um, the boat and I get my dog. Heading to the river. And we, my we were actually no, I, listening. I don't know that that would be an effective bait for uh, for surfish. For surf, yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah. I couldn't tell you. I, I had no experience. I have some experience. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we just went out on a whim because we didn't want to walk all the way around to, it, to, the, to the other side. But anyway. Well, they're, they're opportunistic feeders. I mean, trout will eat almost anything, but there's times where they're going to get really dialed in on one thing. Or, or you sure. know, a certain retrieve or certain bait is going to get a lot more bites. Yep. There's some days where you can sit there and throw whatever you want and, and, and catch catch those fish. But yeah. Um, some days where they get real picky. Well, talking about swim baits, you said you really like the diesel minnow rigged rigged on an ice strike jig head. Um, tell me, are there any other swim baits that you like throwing as far as soft plastics go? Also, like pre-rigged swim baits. You yeah, know? pre-rigged uh, uh, Billy Bay Halo Shad, or I guess a Betts Halo yeah. Shad, um, four-inch Halo Shad. It's a quarter ounce. Um, you know, it's like a built-in built-in lead uh, belly weight for the jig head. That's a good bait. I don't know that, um, and they do tear pretty easy because it's not the elastic material. But yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good overall uh, swim bait as far as size and weight. And you know, they don't they're limited on the colors. Yeah, um, I fire, think they have like a tiger. smoke, a fire tiger, <laughs> a fire a tiger, pink, and then I don't even I think that's it, right? They just have yeah, like I think three so. or four colors. But I mean, if they could expand their a color list or whatever, I think that would be awesome. But would. we have z-man and other brands to thank for that but definitely yeah. but uh no, it's, it's swim baits yeah halo shad i know a lot of people use storm yeah the storm swim baits storm swim baits which i i, I used to fish bass fishing growing up but uh, i've never really thrown them for trout 
and they do make larger swim baits, I think, for striper. And some people probably use those for trout as well. Yeah. Dude, I've seen some huge swim baits out there that There's people are like, I get trout with this. I'm like, really? That's pretty insane. <laughs> but all right. One well, of the things, I remember me and me and Travis were fishing together, and I, I fished a, a good bit of those pre-rigged swim baits, especially for striper, um, as well as, as some trout fishing. But one of the things that me and Travis were talking about the other day on the boat is you buy these packs of these these pre-rigged swim baits, and sometimes you'll only really get you don't want to just tie it on and fish it because sometimes you'll get one or two in that pack yeah. that fishes well, and the other one will have a little kink in the tail or something like that, uh, gotcha. and it won't swim right. And I didn't want to mention that, but, yeah, so, like, if you buy a three-pack <laughs> of baits, like, I'm pretty picky when I'm picking out, like, a, on the shelf a pack of He's picky baits. when he's picking. Like, I mean, I'll look at DOA shrimp. If, if there's a kink in the tail or if the tail isn't um, flat, I won't buy that particular pack. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. I, yeah, because you might only get one or two baits in that three-pack. That, that cost that, you nine dollars. Work exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I've had, um, you know, quite a few that didn't swim right in the water, would roll up on their side as far as halo shad. Yeah. Um, and then I've just had DOA shrimp that spin in the air when you cast, and then they roll in the water. Yeah. So they don't wow. sink like a natural shrimp. So I don't. Yeah. Know. But yeah, you just don't. I don't know. You don't know. But for sure. Well, let's talk about some more of these pre-rigged baits. Like I know you and I both like to fish a lot of the shrimp. I've got a tackle box that's like twice the size of this. That's mm -hmm. just filled with pre-rigged soft plastic shrimp. And I really only throw one of them, but I've got a bunch of them and I, I like fishing a lot of them. And I think you're, you're better at being a little more versatile with the shrimp, but let's talk about some of those pre-rigged shrimp that you like to fish and, and maybe some of your favorite ones. Uh, so I mean, I always fished DOA growing up because that was, like, the only thing that's available. And now, like, other companies are coming out. Like, Voodoo has a, a very good shrimp. Yeah. Um, I want to say, like, Live Target. They have, yeah. like, these hard plastic with, like, the soft tail shrimp that dive or suspend or whatever. Um, and then Storm has a, a shrimp. You mean go to the bait camp? Bait camp. <laughs> bait camp. <laughs> which, which one's the store oh, on the end there? Yeah. Which is the same body, shape, style, jig head, and lead as the uh, bits perfect sinker uh just a little smaller profile um so i feel like those three the, the doa the storm and, and that's the, a doa right beside of it that's correct is that correct no yeah. cool and uh dude what a good tip man if that thing has a little crinkly tail like go to the next package yeah that's it's cool it's crazy me and travis go into that because me and travis are pretty mind-blown one day fishing a doa shrimp and kind of how that swam and yeah. we i mean we were getting so many more bites on a doa and someone actually just asked are you are you throwing the doa on a popping cork and honestly i've never thrown a doa on a popping cork i i'm weird about cork fishing and i almost hate cork fishing live bait with clients but i and you, sometimes you have to um i used to throw popping cork i feel like in the summertime it catches fish maybe it just gets their attention like early morning trout fishing Dirty water, they might be a little more aggressive. Dirty too. water, yeah, exactly. If, I gotcha. It, yeah, because they can't primarily, or they can't really see the cork, or maybe see a few feet in the water column. But, anyways, fishing the just having the, uh, I guess the bait sink to the bottom is important for me. But if I guess you're fishing shallower, and you're you're working the bottom, but maybe fishing two or three feet, and you have that length set to two or three feet on the popping cork, that could be effective. But um, I just don't throw popping cork. I like letting that bait just kind of drift. If it, you know, say you're for, so like Justin and I were fishing the bank 
and it had a couple of I would say holes, mm-hmm. but a couple of rises and a couple of holes. Yeah. So you want that bait to, I mean, you want the bait to ride the bottom. Those trout are going to sit in those spots where there's current breaks and uh, they're looking for naturally bait to swim by them, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm not really throwing a popping cork. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was cool. Now it does catch fish other at other places and definitely in the Pamlico, mm-hmm. but down here I feel like it spooks a lot of fish and particularly redfish for me. Yeah. Like, I don't, can't stand throwing a popping cork for redfish, but it works in other places in other states. Yeah, that's yeah. In, that's interesting because I I was on a trip uh, not too long ago, maybe a couple of years ago, and, and the guy just had us throwing popping corks the whole time. It was up out of the outer banks, and I was like, dude, this is crazy. Like this is catching everything. And then I came back here and was trying the same thing, and it was like, yeah, there's nothing. And I, was I like, think heavily pressured fish too might spook a little bit more on a popping cork. Yeah, true. Yeah. I agree. And this sense. time of year, I don't. I would. I, I wouldn't tie a popping cork on this time of year. Maybe to use it as a float if I was, you know, just trying to float a bait through an area, float a live shrimp or something like that. But the water's so clear now. It's cold. The fish are a little more, probably a little more spooky, definitely a little more lethargic for the most part. And a popping cork is kind of an aggressive bait. And the, the nice thing is you can, like, you can twitch that and, and then let the bait sit. But, like, a DOA shrimp, this time of year, I want to fish something really slow. Mm-hmm. So if I pop a popping cork with a DOA shrimp on it and then I let it sit, that shrimp's going to fall nicely, but then when it tightens up on the line, it's going to sit vertically. And that's another thing. Yeah, exactly. Justin just mentioned that shrimp will stand up. Yeah. When I say stand up, it'll be vertical in the water. Yeah. So it's not as natural. Um, if you're fishing it just rod and reel or just, you know, on a leader, that bait stand or that bait rides horizontal in the water the entire time and when you twitch it it rises and then just kind of naturally just if you watch shrimp like if you release them or if you pick them up in a tank you know at the tackle shop and you just watch them they just kind of glide back to the bottom mm-hmm. yeah know? they don't go straight down no, they, they kind of they, slide they yeah exactly they just kind of glide and and that was a, a day that you guys talked about i think a few episodes back um the the doa dangle uh that was an effective uh way to catch trout <laughs> the day that Judson and I found them. Yeah, the dangle. I was, uh, just letting that DOA just slide down this ledge on a fallen tide right on the edge of a, a point, and the trout couldn't stand it. Yeah, it was a different way than I've ever fished for them, and we were sitting along the bank up current, like like completely up current from the fish in the same line that they are in the boat. My trolling motor died. We pulled up on the bank, stuck my push pull in, and we were sitting there dropping the DOAs back with an open spool. So we were just mm-hmm. literally setting them beside the boat, not even casting them, letting them fall back. We'd close the spool, give it like two little twitches, let it come back up, and then let it glide back down. And like the third time, every time we'd open that spool, the third time we'd close it back and go to jig it, there'd be a fish on it. Like 50 times in a yeah, row. Dang. And either we'd feel the bite on slack line or the yeah. line would just race out of our spool yeah. or out of our hand. And we were like, fish, fish is on. Yeah. You know? so That's was, crazy. They man. wanted to eat neat. that thing riding the tide down, that fish, that shrimp gliding down to the bottom. And, and t- let's talk about, Travis, you go into this because you're good at explaining this. Like, So a lot of times you're not fishing down current like that. It's hard to do. You know, We kind of had to figure that out. But if you're setting you know, cross current, throwing at the bank, current sweeping in front of you. What's the, like, let's talk about dead sticking a shrimp and and how to throw that towards the bank and fish it to still get that same effect of that shrimp gliding down current. You know, I feel like a lot of people, they do too much and that shrimp's just kind of swinging in the current. It's not getting down. It's staying up in the water column. How, how, how do you like to fish that shrimp if you're throwing it at the bank and current? So, I mean, everybody fishes differently, but when I cast, I'm like, 
I wouldn't say strategic by any means, but like what I don't want a lot of slack or, or bow in my line, yeah. depending on wind direction and what the tide's doing. I want my line to be from perpendicular from me to the bank. And so I want to be in contact with my bait at all times. So, but I mean, naturally the current's going to sweep that bait down. Um, you're going to have some bow, but you're not going to have as much bow. If you, if you cast low and keep your rod tip down. So keeping less line in the air per se. Yeah. But I mean, just keeping that bait in a straight line from you in the bank, letting it hit the bottom and then keeping your rod tip either above, just above the water or in the water. I've actually yeah. had a lot of luck just eliminating wind slack. Mm, definitely. Gotcha. And keeping, keeping your line tight because a lot of times that bait will sweep off the bank and down that, I mean, whatever that little drop off or maybe a ledge you're fishing and as soon as it drops off that ledge if those trout are staged up there they'll hit it and you won't you'll feel the slightest tick and i just start reeling because it's a standard j-hook so yeah yeah you don't have to you don't have to set it or set anything the hook yeah. Or, yeah or sweep the rod but um I'll i still like setting the hook though. maybe that's my problem i set the hook on everything rocks twigs i don't care hey whatever hook sets are free man hook sets are free <laughs> uh my Ryan Christopherson has been on the show, shared that with me one time. He's like, hook sets are free. If you think it's a fish, set the hook. Yeah. Or reel into them or however, but don't yeah. don't be like, it's my least favorite thing guiding is when somebody's like, oh, that was a bite. And they're just sitting there like this, holding their rod up and didn't set the hook, didn't reel down. I'm like, you got to do something when he eats it and you're not going to catch him. Yeah, yeah We can true. sit here and talk about the bites all day, but let's, let's get a fish to the boat. Yeah. I'd rather them set the hook. I'd rather them like not second guess that they had a bite if they, even, I mean, this is coming from flounder fishing live yeah. bait. But like if you feel like you're hung up on the bottom, set the hook. Yeah. I have plenty of hooks. I have yeah. plenty of leader. I have plenty of you know weights and, and terminal tackle. Just set the hook. I'd rather you set the hook on an oyster rock than miss a flounder. Yeah. You know, for sure. wait and then have a fish spit the bait out. Yeah. Yeah. So. Man, that's a that's pretty interesting to hear you guys talk about, you know, because you get you get guys like me who don't get to go a lot, but when I do go when I'm so excited that I'm just like casting, I'm moving as much as possible because I'm used to fishing. There's you strategy know. within. Yeah, there's strategy to like, okay, hey, just take a deep breath and like slow the freak down and let the bait kind of do its natural progression, which sounds so elementary. Yeah. But like you guys were saying, you're not, you, you weren't doing any of the work. Essentially, you're just kind of pitching bait <laughs> and letting the current do the work and then keeping the line tight and waiting right. for the bite and then setting the hook or, you know, reeling down yeah. on it or whatever. So and, that's and pretty fishing, interesting. And fishing slower current. So like, it just depends on, I guess, your moon phase. And I guess the area, if you're cl- or further away from the river, I guess you don't, you won't have as much tide or inlet. Um, but I mean, we were near an inlet the other day you know, having luck, just letting the bait drift down current, but, um, fishing like a slower, like almost a slack water. Yeah. Um, you know, you can keep those things on the bottom. And if I am fishing in still water or little current, I won't even move the bait. I want it to be as natural as, as possible. A lot of people you'll see like, you know, twitch, twitch, twitch. Like, yeah. you know, I just change, yeah. I just change my, uh, presentation a lot. Change but most of the time it's just one or two subtle bumps of the rod tip and then yeah. just letting it sit because they'll they'll eat it sitting still so Definitely. define dead sticking i've heard this term a lot i don't know that i've ever asked anybody what that means i just assume i know but for my sake and the audience sake i, I want to know what that means there's two when i talk about dead sticking there's like dead sticking in current and then dead sticking in slack water okay so 
dead sticking, in my opinion, in slack water is like throwing a bait out there. Like, say you're fishing docks. You know there's fish on on the docks. It's very natural to throw, like, for soaking, a shrimp. Soaking the bait. Soaking the soaking bait. bait. Yeah, it's okay. like you're pretty much fishing live bait almost. But it's very natural for a shrimp to, you know, come sliding in there, come down, and then just sit and rest on the bottom. Okay. Like Travis is saying. You don't even have to yeah. move it. If you know the fish are in a hole, a slack hole, or, like, slack, no current in a hole, or, like, against some docks, or in a canal, or a basin, or something like that, you can throw it up in there, let it sink, count to 10, 12, 13. You can just let, keep your line tight. And, I mean, we've had bites together, like letting a bait sit in one spot for 15 seconds and then boom, it just, you know, the line comes tight yep. on the bottom. So just let those Dang. fish naturally like swim around and find it. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, if, if you think about it, yeah, you want your bait fish, you want to get their attention essentially, but naturally a shrimp is crawling on the bottom. So yeah. You that's want cool. That bait to stay on the bottom yeah. in a, you know, obviously a hook upright. You don't want the bait to roll. Like I've had some, um, so, you know, the, these perfect sinker, shrimp and then these storm shrimp they ride how they sit uh the doa will have a tendency to roll but you know fishing i feel like just it's kind of a it's super simple bait but it's pretty effective on catching trout so they and they ride like like that is that how that thing's yeah yeah Yeah, so So that thing's riding like that just with the legs on the ground that's how they're kind of gliding that belly weight in there does that yeah i mean they're Uh, not standing up on the bottom but you know the perfect sinker shrimp by bets, and then the storm shrimp, um, they do sit on the bottom like that. And you guys have just produced a lot of fish this season doing that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, when we're slow fishing, so I mean, obviously we're going to continue to do that from the rest from here out here on out because the water temperatures are getting colder. The fish are going to start getting you know more spooky or finicky and more lethargic. Um, lots of pressure. Yeah. And then. Uh, you're going to have to fish as slow as you can to get bites and to get bigger bites. Yeah. I feel like. Gotcha. Definitely. And then dead sticking in the current is, is a pretty similar thing, but also dead sticking on, on docks and, and slack current areas. Um, you can, you can still move that bait. I, I would still consider it dead sticking. If you throw it out there, let it sit for 10, 12 seconds. Just bump and it. then you kind of, I don't even like to bump it. I just start slowly reeling it. So I'm just, you know, barely moving that reel to move it a foot or two. And then let it sit in that spot for a little while. And then, you know, you like Travis was saying, I don't know if it was before we went live or while we were live, you know, one cast might take three or four minutes to retrieve that bait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Which is a hard way to fish sometimes. But sometimes you're like, think there's no fish in the area. Then you start fishing slow and you're catching a fish on every cast because you right. slow it way down. Those fish just need time to be like, all right, I guess I'll go eat that thing yeah. on the yeah. bottom. But then dead sticking in current, uh, correct me if you think, if you think differently, Travis, but it's like, keeping that line tight and doing absolutely nothing to move that bait and letting it move completely naturally how the current would carry it. Wow, and so you're gotcha. throwing it out there, throwing it slightly up current, letting it swing, keeping that line tight, keeping that line tight, keeping that line tight. As soon as it starts to swing in the current, I'm reeling it in and casting it again. Yeah. So you're getting that like 15 foot stretch of good fishable time. You know, you're throwing yeah. it up, that bait's falling down. Then you're like, all right, I'm in the sweet spot. You get about, you know, Five and seconds. you're just retrieving enough to keep that line tight. Yeah, That's I'm it. just reeling just enough to keep yeah. that line tight. So you're fly fishing with a spin Yeah, rod. you're fly fishing. It's like dead drifting a nymph rig, like <laughs> yeah. a bobber rig. That's what yeah. you're pretty much trying to do. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and, and yeah, like if there's no wind, a lot of times I fish with my rod tip real high doing that. But if there is wind, you can do the same thing with your rod tip low, like Travis was saying. Yeah. So. Dude, that sounds like, uh, you know, one of those, duh, like, oh, keep your rod tip low and keep that line like you said, just super tight, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so Procure, you guys using Procure? <laughs> Travis has me a believer of the Procure. I'm going to tell you. Did, I just, I, you know, like you guys had talked about um, a few shows back, I apply it, 
you know, like right when I tie a bait on, and I'll I'll maybe apply it, you know, 30 casts, or I might not even apply it again, but I just I want to mask the scent of the natural plastic mm-hmm. as much as I can. But then, like just the other day with <clears throat> clients, I um, I uh, we caught some bait or caught some fish on artificial bait, and I had just gobs of trout slime on my hand, so I rubbed that on the bait, and oh, yeah. that'll also cover the the natural uh, yeah. scent, the plastic smell as well. So usually, like I'm I'm applying Procure first couple casts, and then uh, you know it's a gel, and it, it it doesn't come off very easily, especially if it's on your clothes. It might not but, uh, look like it's there anymore, but it's but there. It is there. It's yeah. there, yeah. And I have oh, a tendency yeah. to smell my bait a lot. And <laughs> taste? I've seen you taste it a couple times, too. I, I might have. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but, uh, but no, just covering the natural plastic smell of yeah. the bait. I mean, hard bait, obviously, you you know, I do apply it every now and then. Yeah, the, just a little bit on there. Of, of a MR or a, uh, XR10 or something like that. But um, Now, this might sound like a dumb question on soft plastics. Are you applying it all on the outside, inside, outside? Because I know it's got most of those got this little slit right there in the stomach area. Are you yeah. filling that? I fill it up like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, man. I'm like, <laughs> and then I wipe some on the sides, and then I rub my face with it. Like, like an eclair. you got to pack it in there. I'm like trying to do whatever I can. <laughs> I'm like... Yeah, uh, pour some in the water. <laughs> usually, just on the belly, belly of every bait. Okay, on the belly of every yeah, bait. Okay, belly gotcha. Because gotcha. the trout, I feel I, like they they mainly attack from below the bait a lot of times. So okay. if you're fishing suspended fish, yeah, you know they'll come up, especially if you're fishing hard bait suspended. I feel like they come up and they kind of nose or swipe, you know, to stun. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you'll see it a lot of times throwing topwater fish, t- throwing topwaters for trout. And watching these fish come up and doing flips on them, or like just coming up and shaking their head or swatting the yeah. bait. You know, they're not necessarily eating it like a redfish, but you can hear that suction of uh, the fish eating or trying to digest that plug. But you'll just hear them, you know, just a slap. So I don't know. Just putting it on the be- belly or the bottom of the bait. Yeah. 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 Well, dude, let's talk about some of those other. What else you got over there? I have uh, some mirror lures and. Uh, Mainly these MR-17s because they're pretty effective on catching trout, uh, especially if they're small bait fish. Um, like I was saying earlier, uh, glass minnow is a big food source. Like I mean, there's we call them what rain rain, rain bait, rain, rain yeah. bait. But um, you'll see those a lot in the in the creeks around, you know, New River, Noose River. Uh, I've seen. I mean, I have a place, a little hunting lease up in Pamlico, and you'll see just these pods of glass minnow in the backs of these creeks or in these shallow water um little bays so throwing a mirror lure is a is a great bait for searching um mid water column and even fishing on the bottom so just depends on what type of bottom you're fishing yeah yeah. i gotcha it it definitely does there and one thing i've learned uh about the mirror lure that has been effective for me in some slack current areas i watch a lot of like there's this YouTube channel called Tactical Bassing. Have, have you ever watched yeah. it? Bassin, B-A, I think it's Bassin. Tactical Bassin. But um, they have so much good information about bass fishing. But there's, I mean, with redfish and trout, almost 99.9% of the, their tactics and baits, if, if they haven't already come over to redfish and trout, they should. Very similar. Very similar. That's it's, crazy. It's insane how much you can apply freshwater fishing to saltwater fishing, uh, especially targeting trout. I feel like bass fishing and trout fishing have so many similarities oh, yeah. and like you know the other day judson and i were fishing 
and uh, we were way up the Cape Fear, and, and I was like, I feel like I'm we're fishing for largemouth bass, trying to catch a big <laughs> yeah. big sea trout. Yeah. Uh, so, dude, how far up the river do those trout go? Do they book it up through there? I don't think I've caught one above the uh, what's the big high rise bridge at Rat Island there. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, the, the, the 140? Bi- 140 bridge. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. 140 bridge. I'm yeah. sure they, uh, I'm sure you, there's trout that get up above that. Oh, they're, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I've never spent any time targeting them up yeah. further up than yeah. that. Have you caught them further up than that? I have not, actually. Okay. Just mainly stripers there. Yeah. But yeah. through the downtown area, like, you know, way Pretty up. Pretty good in way there. Up, way up the Brunswick, yeah. Yeah, they'll push way back into tributaries crazy, and, yeah. and rivers and creeks. Brackish water, yeah. Yeah, this like, time of year like for sure. Fish. You know, oh, gotcha. Fish, but. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Crazy. Let, let's talk about real quick other soft plastics besides paddle tails. Are there any other soft plas- plastics besides paddle tails that you like to fish, like that trout trick, anything else? The trout trick. Um, and let's talk about just, how you retrieve that trout trick, the, your, your different retrieves for that trout trick. A well. lot of times I am uh, I'm fishing that like a shaky head, like I'm bass fishing. Yeah. But for, uh, you know, really stubborn fish. So... I mean, I'm fishing that. If there's not a lot of wind, I'm fishing it rod in the you know rod tip up, and just every now and then, subtly, subtly t- twitching the rod tip. And I don't want to yeah. move it a lot. I just want it to stay where I think these fish are going to be at on the bottom. Um, I don't know. I feel like you can catch fish sweeping with that. Yeah, we have. Um, and, and what bait are you talking about? Let me get to the bait can. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Okay, da-na-na, perfect. I wish you had a button to press. I have to do it every time. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's, and that's kind of the same color. Is that a Z-Man as well? That is a Z-Man red bone also. That's... And for those of you that are listeners, hopefully we're talking enough about the the baits as well. Yeah, I haven't and even we... looked at the comments on here, but. For people um... listening, not watching. But but yeah, so the, the, the trout trick, and this is something that Travis, talk about your hook length with okay, the trout yeah, trick, because so that's, that's a... pretty key um, and something that I haven't put a ton of thought into, but I've started to now that you've, you've shared that with me. Yeah, so uh, I just, I fish with a lot of different people and, and you know, we give each other uh, different ideas and um, I've learned a lot fishing with you and I've learned a lot fishing with other people and uh, hopefully I've you know been able to uh, give out some good information as well but I feel like a shorter hook length lets that bait have a lot more action um, you know you can fish a red this is a trout eye jig head there we go. Uh, it's a two alt hook but it's got a good gap on it and I used to fish what was considered a sea striker gotcha jig head yeah. for a standard paddle tail or a um, just a grub, three inch curly tail yeah, grub yeah. or four inch grub. And I noticed I missed a lot of fish because the gap on those hooks is are a lot shorter uh-huh. or narrower, I guess you'd say. But with this wide gap hook, um, you, we don't miss a lot of fish. No. Uh, and you almost, you know, you almost certain to bring a fish to the boat yeah when you hook them with a single j hook that's got a good gap but um i think that's yeah that's a trout that's a trout eye jig head as well but the redfish eye jig heads are four all now mm-hmm. we've caught plenty of trout with those as well but you know i feel like it does limit the action of the bait um and since these are elastic baits and that's why i've been fishing z-man mainly is because the buoyancy of the bait just gives off a lot more action than a standard plastic paddle tail or, or stick bait but having a shorter shank hook definitely allows that bait to swim better yeah definitely one thing that i was nervous about in fishing a shorter shank hook was you know short strikes mm-hmm. fish going after a bait and and missing it because the hook you know on a five inch trout trick you know the hook's pretty far up near the front of it so if they eat the back of it you're not going to catch them 
But honestly, like I've always heard this and I've never seen a trout eat a bait, you know, in person. But people say, and, I, and you can see it a lot when you're fishing, you know, mirror lures or, or multiple hook rigs. See how they, that bait's gone in the fish's mouth. I think they're almost always eating, going for like the eye strike. They say they strike the eye. Like I really yeah. think they're eating the front part of that bait. So a shorter hook really isn't hurting you that bad. I don't think maybe sometimes a fish is grabbing the tail yeah. and playing with it. But I mean, a fish that, that wants to eat, um, unless you want to tie like a stinger treble off the back or something like that, you're, you're probably going to get them with the, it's with not the J-hook. A, not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> with my luck, I'd sling somebody off my boat. I'm, yeah, I've uh, I've hit, I think I've hit two people casting. But yeah, year. to limit to <laughs> limit, I, I agree with like so I didn't have a lot of confidence in fishing a shorter like I I kind of put on that five inch trout trick and I'm like this trout I dickhead like I don't know that this is the right hook for that bait. Yeah, and then I threw it. I was surprised on how well it catches fish because, um, I just for one I think it just gives a bait a lot more action. I mean clearly. Yeah, for um, sure. And two. They do strike the head a lot. Yeah. So, um, and then you can play with the eye color or jig head color, um, but I just I typically throw red. I, I'm a I'm a I love a olive silver red flag bait. I mean, yeah. Whatever brand it like is. Like any kind of variation of a baby bass color. Very true. Yeah. yeah. Baby bass <laughs> made with some, some gold flake, but I've always liked red eye or red jig heads. Uh, a long time ago, I was fishing with my buddy Jonathan in Southport. We would have eight rods in the boat, and this was a small 14-foot aluminum boat, and we did a lot of trolling for trout just to locate, try to locate and cover a lot of water. We would have, um, you know, electric chicken bait, so it would be like a chartreuse body with a pink head or, a, you know, a chartreuse head with a pink body, uh, you know, orange and white, uh, curly tail, um, a white jig head with an orange uh, you know, paddle tail. We'd throw a red jig head with an orange, you know, like candy corn, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Uh, we, anyways, we fished all kinds of crazy colors just to try to narrow down what those fish wanted to to eat, and then we would throw three or four of those same colors, and we catch a lot of fish. Yeah. But um, I don't know. You can you can. There's so many variations. Yeah. Of, uh, of swim bait styles, um, colors. And jig heads, so you just kind of have to. And everybody has their own preference and confidence baits. For, for my uh, go-to is what you see on the table. Yeah, I yeah. think it's important trout fishing to have two or three rods rigged up like a bass fisherman, laying there ready. When you go to an area, fish each bait in each way that you can fish it. You know, and then if you're not getting bites, move. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you need to camp out on a spot long. Cause you caught them there two days ago. doesn't mean there's a single fish there that day. So, you know, fish find three or four baits that you're confident in, have them tied on, roll through those in a spot. If you don't get bit, move to the next spot, you know, or yeah. sometimes it's just move a hundred yards down the bank yeah. or, or maybe it's move, you know, 15 miles up the intercoastal waterway. But yeah. it's, uh, I think it's important to, to go through there look for a bite and then pick it apart. Don't pick it apart too much until you know, there's fish there. Exactly. And this happened the other day. I had a good buddy of mine and his dad on the boat. We fished, um, you know, what you see, the trout trick and the paddle tail. Yeah. Primarily got bit, instantly doubled up, you know, very first cast, and then caught 15 or 20 fish within an hour, hour and a half. And then the the it, we caught them again on soft plastic because it was a different style. So we, we stopped getting bit on the paddle tail and the trout trick. And my 
curious, my guess, my curiosity yeah. or curiousness was like, but throw a shrimp, throw a shrimp. So we went back up this bank and first cast with the DOA shrimp, caught a trout. Instantly threw in the trout trick behind that, didn't get a bite. Threw in the DOA again, caught a fish. Yeah. Continued to catch fish on the DOA for 15, 30 minutes down that stretch of bank on that particular tide, and they would not eat the paddle tail or the trout trick. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, those fish can be finicky, and they can shut down. I feel like if you just beat them up with a certain lure, I feel like they just they lose interest. Yeah. yeah. So then to gain their interest back, throw something different. Throw something else at them. Yeah, certainly. Man, that's great. Well, dude, you have another bait here that you kind of told us a little bit about um, before the show started, which is kind of that, I don't know what it's called. It's like that little hybrid. Yeah, so this is a, uh, it's a Paul Brown style mirror lure, but it's a soft dime. And it's uh, it's the same bait as your MR. It's an MR17, but a soft body. Um, so it, it does have the uh, rattle weights in there as well. Uh, that's a killer oh, yeah, looking color too. It is. That's pretty soft. Yeah, there you go. But anyways, um, what we were talking about before the show aired was um, you know how how picky these fish can actually be. I feel like if you're fishing, you know. Not not really shallow water, but if you're fishing creeks that don't have a lot of tide, or if like there's a bunch of bait fish, um, and those fish are eating suspended, and they, and they're just not liking that hard plastic, you know, as far as uh, eating, throw a softer bait, but in a you know in a same I guess the same style. Yeah, 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 for but, sure. Hmm. So I've caught fish on the 17 before. Um, to having them, you know, swallow the bait, being hooked on the in the at the corner of the mouth, being hooked on the outside of the mouth, kind of where their gill plate is, and then I've actually hooked them in the peck fin and on top of their head. Dang! So I'm like, what's going on? And then uh, a guy I used to fish with said that those trout will come up and nose the bait. You know, not necessarily. I mean, they follow it too. I don't know if you've seen these underwater cams lately. Yeah. But yeah. like trout, like. They're, you know, they're curious, but they'll rush a bait and stop, you know, especially if it's suspended. And I feel like as soon as you get that little bit of twitch, it triggers them to eat at least one fish. But they, they're curious, they follow the bait, then they stop. So I feel like you feel those ticks or those twitches in your line. Sometimes they're aggressive. Sometimes they're just, you'll see your line jump, but you'll set the hook and there's nothing there. The And I'm thinking from my my perspective that the hard plastic will keep them from eating some days. Yeah. If they get that picky, throw a softer bait, but the same style. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be a game changer. Yeah, dude, that's pretty sick, man. That's, I didn't even, uh, of course I'm, you know, whatever. I'm like, I'm going to get some of those. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I'm like, when you, when you show that and you're like, Oh, look at this little hybrid hard soft thing. I'm like, what the freak is that? There's a whole other thing to spend money on. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not, they're not, cheap. they're not, cheap. I'm sure. <laughs> now, do you think that, that, and I don't fish a lot of the soft Deans or the Paul Brown stuff and I want to, but I just, I, I can't spend, I, I don't need more tackle to spend money on. Actually, I, I think we're going to bring a guy back on that we had from Texas and do a whole show just talking about Paul Brown soft lures. He was like, I mean, he has these like shadow box cases full of like classic Paul Brown lures and all this That's stuff. That's crazy. And, like, he, he knows his stuff when it comes to that. And I think it's something that people here should be enlightened 
And I would like to learn more about it because they're, they're I mean, they crush big fish on those on yeah. Paul Brown lures down there. But do you think that those are pretty similar baits? Do you think they have a, a similar presence in the water? Or would you say the hard bait? I'm like thinking, all right, maybe the hard bait's a little more aggressive, a little bit louder. Maybe the, the soft Dean is maybe, you know, the same action, but a little bit less aggressive and, and, you know, underwater. Is that, is that just me thinking too much into it or maybe, but I don't know. I, I thought the same, I bought the soft Deans in multiple colors and, you know, play with them, you know, in the pool and I'm like watching their sink rate. I'm watching the action. I think there is less action on the soft Dean, but I feel like if those trout are picky and they don't want to eat a hard plastic bait, Mm -hmm. just switch into that softer, that soft plastic, uh, well, I guess you wouldn't say hard bait, but the soft plastic bait fish, uh, suspended, um, bait fish is, can be a game changer for sure. And you bring up a good point that it sounds like, you know, overkill, but if you have the ability to take some of these baits you throw for trout to a pool and throw them in the pool and like in the summertime when it's warm, you know, you and a buddy go there and both cast into the pool and work them different ways and, and understand how they're actually moving when you twitch that rod. Yeah. It's one thing to like throw a DOA shrimp all day and like, you know, know how you're getting bit and then, you know, know, like know how you're not. But then when you can really see what that bait's doing, I think it helps you even more like yeah, with, with every sure. type of bait, a Marilu or a topwater looking at it from the bottom, you know, moving fast. Like if you move a topwater really fast and, and you're looking up at it, it's so much harder to see. Yep. I think it gets aggressive strikes. But when you walk a topwater really slow, not only because it's like moving fast, but it has this much more streamline and the water that's moving away from a topwater plug when it's going fast blocks a lot of that view of, of the bait on the surface true so if you're like getting missed by you know working it fast on, on top like working it a little bit slower where that fish can actually see it better yeah um, but there's just so many little things you can learn from looking at baits in a pool and, and understand how they're working i agree entirely and uh you know there's a thousand different baits you can throw but just you know knowing what works for you uh just the type of water you you fish really in general um you know i, I try to fish you know, I try to expand what I know yeah. and fish different places, but, and then try to fish those places like I'm fishing back home, but they don't necessarily work. So then you have to start over yeah. Um, and then maybe break out some lures you haven't ever thrown that you have in your box. But I mean, that's, that's my confidence baits. Those are my confidence baits there. Um, but uh, like Judd said, knowing what they do and then knowing where they're most effective depth wise like water column uh times of the year um and that current. sort of thing yeah current exactly yeah and like i saw a question earlier said something about um how do you keep a mirror lure how do you work a mirror lure on a fast sweeping bank yeah um i usually don't throw a mirror lure yeah oh you can throw curves. a heavy dean you can throw, you can throw a heavy bait or yeah. 27 yeah i'm mean, 18s or um yeah the 27 um uh, a little bit bigger profile i have one here Oh, with us bait cam here we go that's the sports center thing i keep doing yeah you're gonna get us sued (laughs) (laughs) now what is that right there this is a mr27 so it's an xl so basically it's a mr17 but yeah a little juiced up um everybody's taking screenshots on their phones right now that color doesn't work (laughs) though that's why he brought that one Uh, this color doesn't work it's junk mardi gras no um but Fishing, I don't know, fishing a heavier mirror lure in current, obviously. Yeah. Well, those fish, they can't, I don't know, maybe they're eating aggressively and they can't actually 
profile the bait, so they just go for it. Yeah. You know, but yeah. um, I don't know. I like fishing uh, heavy jig head, big swim bait, and, yeah. and current like that when yeah. I'm sweeping banks. Yeah. Man, such good info, dude. It's it's such almost like if you do want to throw a hard bait like that and heavy current, you gotta you gotta play in that dead stick a little bit. You're not dead sticking it, but you're throwing it up current. You're giving it that like you know that tight line time to fall. You know, maybe only getting two or three twitches in on that swing. But yeah, or or like didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, like, you're good. I I usually don't fish perpendicular to the bank if I'm throwing like a mirror lure. Yeah, like, and usually I'm fishing up current or like working. Uh, that may be the mouth of a creek, and I'm down current. I want that bait to kind of work towards me, so I want the I want to let the water do most of the work for me, yep. and then move it every once in a while. But then obviously it's right underneath the boat or behind the boat, so you got to reel up. Yeah. So you're only working where you think those fish are sitting on like a particular point, fishing what we call rips or seams. Mm-hmm. You know where there's lots of current moving down this bank, but then there's like an, almost an eddy. Yeah. Behind it, that's in the shallower water, but. Yeah. So, uh, that's how I would work uh, a hard bait or a mirror lure. Mirror lures mainly like these lipless baits or these uh, these crank style baits. Yeah. Like your XR10, your Rapala, um, your Yozuri 3DS minnows. Oh yeah. Any baits with like a with a lip on them that you would, you know, like a jerk style bait uh, that you suspend. I wouldn't throw in current at all. Yeah. yeah. I usually don't. Yeah. Hmm. They're, they're, they can be That's decent cool. for trolling and like work in different ways, but yeah, that that swing and the current, I'm with you on that. And that someone someone just said, I think it's Marg or Marge, probably I don't know, M A R G. Uh, any thoughts on Rapala X wraps? Which my next question was going to be like, let's just we got a little bit more time, let's dive into you know jerk baits and and top waters. Yeah. Um. So I only well actually growing up I only fished curly tail grubs with uh with a red jig head. You know <laughs> then I expanded, uh, started fishing different colors different. Uh, style jig heads, different weights uh, for different times of the year. If I'm fishing shallow or deep, um, obviously different colors. But then I'm like, I want to do something different. I want to catch bigger fish because I was tired of catching, you know, 16 to 18, 20 inch fish. I wasn't yeah. really catching many fish. Poor Travis. No, so I'm, I'm like, kidding. I want to catch bigger fish. And um, it's probably it's probably been seven or eight years now. Okay. But I was only uh, always throwing these XR sixes and XR eights, which is the uh, XR X wrap, uh, Rapala standard. You know, just got um, a little bit of uh, I think the the tungsten balls right below the first hook tungsten to have to help it suspend and just to give a little bit of rattle or noise in the water. Anyways, I'm like, well, let me try a bigger bait. So I went to XR ten. Actually, caught my personal best trout on that, um, which is. 6.9 Heck yeah. 28 nice. and a half inches um Heck yeah. had the uh xr10 is like a six inch jerk bait um had the bait sideways in his mouth so yeah, yeah big fish <laughs> eat big bait wow yeah. yeah but um then i started playing with uh the sink rates on those style baits and then the action so whenever those fish get really lethargic and i know where they're sitting at on a bank or in a on a in a particular area at a certain depth, I want to work that bait in that depth range and, and maximize my uh, time in the strike zone, essentially. So I am adding, I'm changing the hooks out, which I have done. I showed Judd earlier. Uh, back to the bait cam. To the bait cam. Da, 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 da. That's, I think that one's already used, too. <laughs> so changing out my hooks um, to 
either smaller or larger hooks to adjust sink rate. And also, I don't know if a lot of people do this. I have been doing this a lot, is adding lead, not tape, but lead strips. And they're also made by Storm. Um, and they also have the dots too, if you don't want to do those strips. But uh, adjusting sink rates and then adding lead to the body or to the belly of the bait to i mean just by doing that changes the action of the bait so yeah. you know back to the swimming pool uh discussion i started adding little tiny pieces of lead on these baits either on the tail or on the on the nose because i want i would want that bait to uh work a certain way in that water column yep and like i said fish the strike zone as long as possible so i would like a bass fisherman throw out reel down as fast as I could with my rod tip in the water to get those baits down to that depth. And I would just let it sit, twitch it one time, let it sit, maybe, maybe twitch it twice. And this is like cold water, I guess, tactics. Yeah. Mm, but gotcha. just coming from like the back, the bass fishing background. And that's what people do to catch fish in bigger fish in the wintertime bass fishing is those jerk baits and fishing as slow as you can, but knowing where those fish are sitting in the water depth yeah. or the water column mm -hmm. is super important. For sure. Um, one thing, this just popped in my head. It's it's on topic a little bit. It's off topic a little bit. But my brother shared this with me, and I don't know why. I mean, it's pretty basic if you think about it. But you're always wondering, like, all right, how, how do I know if I'm on the bottom? You know, like people say, oh, when you feel the bottom. And, like, I feel like a lot of my clients are like, I, don't, I can't feel the bottom. I don't know if I'm on the bottom. Yeah. But if you look at your depth finder or you have an idea of how deep it is, you know, all right, say you're in six feet of water, you can let – you know, if you're six feet tall, let mm -hmm. six feet of line out of your rod tip to your bait and then sit there, hold your bait on the surface and then go slack with your rod tip all the way down to the water and count how long it takes for that line to get tight again. So, you know, all right. And for, it took, you know, four seconds for this bait to sink, um, six feet deep in the water. Yeah. And, and that's helped me a lot in, in different scenarios, like fishing deep, uh, you know, canals or boat basins or something like that. And, and fishing something extremely light and knowing, all right, I'm, I, I'm on the bottom, I'm near the bottom. Um, being able to get that countdown and, and then you're like, all right, it's 12 feet deep. I know I, I see, I sink these six feet and you know, this time I can count it down to 15, 20, however, yeah. however deep. Like I was bass fishing with my brother. Mm -hmm. We were throwing underspins in like 28 feet of water, light jig heads, yeah. crazy light jig heads. You can't feel the bottom. You just have to know you're there. Yeah. And like, you're just throw it, you count to like 32 and then you just start reeling as slow as you can, and then you just feel boom, just a big old just, bass load yeah, up on load it, thirty up. feet of That's water. Crazy. On, on like a, like I said, I don't know the weights of yeah. jig heads. I can never remember yeah. all the different weights, but extremely light, um, extremely light jig head. So it was heavy enough to get twenty eight feet. It so. was heavy enough. They all That's are good. if you give them enough time. If you give them enough time, <laughs> you, the lightest jig head will hit the bottom if you give it enough time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I had one guy I was fishing with one time. I think we were trout fishing, and he told me that he was like. Of course, he knew the water or whatever, so he's like, oh, yeah. pitch it over there and count to seven. So I just always count to seven no matter what. <laughs> I'm like, seven's getting me somewhere. <laughs> it's got me somewhere, darling. Awesome. I, guess, I, guess, I guess just knowing your area, knowing the water um, depth you're fishing, knowing kind of where those fish are going to be. Um, you know, I like – so recently I've been throwing a heavier jig head to help that bait get to the bottom faster and then keeping it on the bottom while I'm retrieving as slow as I can. Yeah. Uh, crawling the bait, essentially. So. Yeah. But I'll also go to an eighth, and then a lot of trout fishermen will even go to a sixteenth wow. just, just to slow their sink rate through the water column to maybe even trigger a reaction strike 
if it's dropping past a fish that is suspended or maybe just a few feet off the bottom. Yeah. So I mean, just getting them fishing fish as light as you can get away with. Yeah, I guess, for sure. Is a, is a good, and you hear that across the board, freshwater, saltwater, um, flounder fishing for me is, you know, doing that, uh, just fishing as, as, as light as possible or as light as you can get away with. You just want to fill the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe not well, in that case, bass fishing, but knowing that you're near the bottom or, or on the bottom. Yeah, for fish, sure. Fish as light as you can, but here lately I've been fishing uh, above a quarter of an ounce, and then as these fish get more finicky, uh, a little more lethargic, I'll be fishing up to an eighth or even a sixteenth ounce jig. Yeah. Now. now, when you rig those, are you rigging those with like a like a, like straight to the to the bait, or are you rigging like a loop knot, or how are you how are you rigging those up? Well, I ask I ask everybody I fish with uh, how they. Not what not they tie, but how they tie their bait on. Because, I mean, you can, I honestly tie a DOA directly to the eye of the hook. Yeah. With, with a leader? Or, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, with, straight with, yeah. Using a leader. Yeah. Okay. But, um, like a cinching knot. Yeah. Like a cinch knot. Basically, uh, reverse yeah. cinch is what I use, really, I use all the time, reverse cinch, especially on braid, because uh, you don't want it to slip. But, um, now your, your hard baits and, even my paddle tails and then the stick baits, I'll use a loop knot. Okay. Because I want to, yeah. I want that bait. I mean, DOA it can only move as much as it can, right? Right. And yeah. it's just mainly just going to get picked up in the current and and roll. Um, but no, like the storm shrimp and you know your baits that do true sit truly sit on the bottom, like a natural shrimp, I will use a loop knot. Okay, so it gets more action, I guess, while yeah. it's down yeah. there in the current. Yep. Cool. That's a good question. Yeah, and then leader size. I mean, we can talk about that forever. Yeah, but um, next um, week we're talking leader size for an hour. <laughs> for what? <laughs> but uh, uh, and I only bring this up because um, it, ha- it happened to us last week or two weeks ago. Uh, we found a better qu- class of fish. I had bumped my leader size from uh, I think twelve or fifteen to twenty, and I think Judson was still throwing like twelve or fifteen, and he set the hook on a good fish and broke the leader. Yeah. Dang. Do you remember that? Yeah, nine pounder. Could nine could have been. Could have been. We never. We my, never my fishing rod has a scale built but, in, so when it I mean, pulls, I can tell. His, his, <laughs> that would be a good invention. His kunan loaded up to the last guide above the real seat, and the line broke. Yeah. Well, at least the leader broke. But um, watching too much bill dance. Knowing where you're, like, just if you're fishing a lot of you know, heavy structure, a lot of wood, like lay down areas in the in the shallow marshes. Um, fishing a heavier leader as long as you can get away with it yeah uh i feel like it is uh, the fish i don't, don't feel like they care but i feel like these fish are in wilmington fishing a lighter leader later in the year when they're more pressured um you can have better success do you like a do you like clear do you like the pinks i don't i've been using pink lately uh-huh. i don't have a preference yeah I'm, I really don't brand or I think pink's color. just a little girly. That's why I don't like to throw. <laughs> <laughs> that's all, that's uh, it. I'm just kidding. HD pink is, uh, I don't know, it's really whatever. I don't like spending a bunch of money on tackle. I mean, I'm going through, and, and you are too, you're going through a lot of gear. Yeah. Terminal tackle and lures, but um, just as cheap as you can get away with. Yeah. Dang. But no no color preference. Um we had another question. Do you like taking the feathers off your X wraps? Oh, that is a great question. Whoever asked that, um, I actually tie a lot of flies. I used to tie a lot of flies. Um, and so after the feather, and I feel like that is effective, like just that little bit of movement on the back of that hard bait, whether it's a mirror lure. Cause I know a lot of people who 
will use a feathered hook on the back of a MR17 or an 18. Um, that does give off. I mean, it floats in the current, right? Yeah. Or in the water. So if your bait's sitting still, I mean that that little bit of tail on that feather is moving. Oh yeah. I feel like that can trigger bites as well. But that was a great question because I I used to swear by the feather tail, and all the all my buddies that I used to fish with back in Southport when I had my 14 foot aluminum boat, um, the good old days, we only fished feather tails, and I I just I forgot all about that. Yeah. <laughs> and since I put all my fly t- tack away, my vice away. Yeah, we were talking about this the other day actually. Um, I haven't tied any in a long time, but I would go buy, you know, I don't like standard trebles that come on most of these baits, so I'll buy bulk packs of like 4x hooks something i know will hold up you know multiple multiple on multiple fish without bending or opening up uh i used to tie those feathers on a lot yeah so yeah yeah, i I have to agree with you about the movement even when you're not doing anything Mm -hmm. like you take a fly and when when you've got it when when you first tie a fly is and you got it all fluffed out and everything that's what that fly looks like underwater. When you when you get it wet and then take it out, it just looks like a stick. But as soon as it goes in the water, all those little fibers start moving. Yep. So you know that feather added on the tail is just another little bit of movement that's not too aggressive, but it keeps. A, I think it keeps the fish's interest a lot of times. I do too. Yeah. So. I mean, like I said, growing up, I went from fishing, you know, mainly just soft plastics to probably spending way too much money, maybe my entire <laughs> paycheck on just X wraps alone, and then. Some friends introduced the mirror lures to me, so I just kind of bought everything. But uh, no, fishing X wrap was, I was, I guess, not the X wrap king in Southport, but the queen. I liked fishing that <laughs> bait, but particularly because of that feather tail. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, I can make these. Oh, so yeah. then I just started bulk, buying bulk packs of hooks and, and tying them and putting them on most of my lures. Yeah. That's Man. awesome. So if you've been listening or watching this show and you can't get any value, then. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like going to go home and just get my my rod and just go. <laughs> and you can find everything you need at uh, Intercoastal Angler, Texas Tackle, or Island Tackle. Island Tackle down at Carolina Beach. They've got all the every bait we've talked about. So every local shop yeah, it's, has it's, every bait we've yeah, talked it's about. It's insane um, how many lures are out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's ins- I mean, they want you to spend money, right? Oh, yeah. But like, you know, just little, little subtleties on a particular bait can make the a big difference in catching one fish or catching 10 fish. Yeah. So, I think you see it play out more with trout than any other inshore saltwater species. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel like redfish aren't as picky. Yeah, definitely not. They get a bait in front of their face. They're usually going to eat. Yeah. And a lot of the, you know, trout baits work well for the redfish, but, and, and vice versa. But yeah, the redfish, if you just move something in front of its face, you know, it's 99.9% presentation, putting yeah. that bait oh, in absolutely. the right place and they're going to yeah. eat it. So for sure. Yeah. Awesome show, dude. Yeah. Thank you so show. much, Travis. Yeah, thank you, Travis. Thank you guys. If people want to go fishing with you, how they get in touch. Uh you have my <laughs> contact information or just my you can reach out to me. Uh I work uh in Oak Island, mainly Oak Island fishing charters. Um primarily live bait fishing, but you know, if I have fit, uh friends or, or people that can fish on the boat, we we uh I bring all my mix all it up a little. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you got a you got a nice little collection right just right one there, of, which I'm sure that's one of many, many, many yeah. boxes. That's many one paychecks. Of yeah. <laughs> awesome man. So, doesn't want to know about that. So you guys heard it here. Go go check out Travis. Go check out his business. Uh man, really appreciate you sharing all that. I know we could get down into it. So one last question for you for me. Yeah. Will this winter will you go to a bunch of different tackle shows and start looking for new stuff, or are you kind of sold on what you're working on and just let it be introduced to you as you go 
Uh, I know the Myrtle Beach boat show is coming up. I think um, I'm a good good buddy, Chad. He uh, builds builds custom fishing rods like Jason. Uh, he usually travels to these shows, and I tag along because I just enjoy yeah you know talking to people and just you know just meeting new people, uh, and then also looking at new baits that are coming out. But I haven't been to any of these uh, major tackle shows uh, yeah. like ICAST, yeah, uh, and those other uh, big expos or something or guests. But uh, no, I just stick to what I know, and you know, word of mouth usually. Yeah. Like if if something's happening, we oh, yeah. know about it. Judson and I are just you know guides. I don't know, um, and we pick up on it, and then we can apply it to whatever wherever we're fishing and kind of whatever we're doing. Yeah. I yeah. think what's helped me the most with with learning the new baits to fish is I I bought off of Amazon. I bought a wildlife officer costume. <laughs> and so at the boat ramps on a busy you know saturday i'll stand there and walk up to people's boats and ask oh, them if i can check their live well and whatnot hey, and look at that. what's tied genius. on and it's helped i take up you know i'm gonna have to take some pictures of this yeah. this is not that look is legal genius. yeah it works really well i do it every other saturday so yeah no uh no I, what's funny is actually if i know a lot of people are on the water on, on a particular day and like i'm fishing an area that's not a community hole but it's pretty common yeah um i will lay my rods down or if I'm at the ramp, I'll completely lay them in the floor. You know, yeah. I just I don't want people to know I'm I'm fishing or. And then we come on here and tell if I'm fishing. Then you come on here and shot, yeah, <laughs> screenshots of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, truly, like if That's you see perfect. me on the water, you'll see these tied on. Yeah, I'm usually fishing. Yeah. No, but I'm with you. When you're on your spot and you're catching them, and it's like you know, it's, go take this out and apply it in your areas. But yeah. like, I'm going to be secretive on the water too if I'm catching them and someone else isn't. I mean, I'll be helpful as well. I but. mean, I know people that cut their bait like they'll <laughs> they'll put on four DOA shrimp driving out to the spot, and then they'll cut every one of them off and yeah. tie on the the lure. Oh, fish gotcha. That, yeah, and then take it off before they head back to the ramp. Way too much. Those work. are the same people that have their clients lay down the bottom of the boat so they can take a picture of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. man what oh, an man. awesome show yeah. man thank you so much travis well judd it's uh dude it's been a pleasure to to do the show with you and so next week i'm gonna f- do my final show with you guys I know, man my final show as a co-host and co-owner of eastern current so I'm we'll gonna, tell people why i'm gonna focus um let me see if i can bring i don't know if i can bring you in here and me or not I like really uh hold on a second i'm gonna do it yeah perfect here we go I'm glad I knew before the show, or I would have been I would have been a little little more jaw dropped. Yeah, man. So anyway, we're, we're this is all messed up, but okay. anyway. Um, so, dude, I'm gonna focus on real estate. I'm gonna focus on Thorpe Creative, and then um, I really enjoy doing podcasting. So I'm actually gonna create a business podcast. Um, so already got some of that in the works, just to talk to local business owners and you know just do do some networking, man. Do yeah. what I really love to do and talk about business and hopefully inspire people in the area of business and get, sure. you know getting started and promote their stuff. So, um, but dude, got too many irons in the fire, and this is a this is an awesome one, man. This is the funnest one, but uh, at the end of the day, I have to uh, you know do what's do what makes the for most sure. sense for my family, for sure. you know, and hopefully everybody else would you know do that as well take care of their family first so 100 percent. Um, you will you'll be missed by myself uh our guest and our including listeners. myself yeah for sure so i do appreciate it's it yeah and it won't be your you. last show it won't be your it last won't be show. my last It'll show be your It'll last, be my last, last co-hosted show the next time i come i will just sit in a chair and talk into a microphone <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna ask you all the questions that'd be per- yeah ask me all the questions because why did you start this multi-million dollar fishing company and then just walk away oh uh, because i didn't have time to fish <laughs> <laughs> or apply everything you've heard on the show 
and then come back and then teach us how. Yeah, yeah exactly. Come our best yeah. What I'll do is I'll just go back through the 20, I don't even know what episode we're on, 24, 25? 25. 25. 25. So I'll go back and listen to those 25 shows. I'll like put some curriculum together and I'll start an online fishing academy. There you go. There you go. <laughs> no, I'm just messing. I think you um, should. I'd take it. To, oh, somebody says they want a hat. Ryan says, I want a hat. Well, jump on oh, our website, yeah. etcurrent.com, and yep. get a hat. You can do it. So, super stoked, man. The well, link is in the Instagram page, but it's etcurrent.com. Yeah, ET I, need to, I need to jump on that train as well. Get on that train. It's a yeah, good dude. train. It's moving awesome. fast. We're sell, I think we sold 10,000 hats last week. <laughs> if we sold 10,000 hats, I would be like, uh, <laughs> I'm not selling houses anymore. <laughs> I'm selling hats, baby. I'm a hat salesman. <laughs> if I sold 10,000 hats in a week. But anyway, man. So, yeah. So, we'll do our final show. And then, you know, and we'll kind of transition next yeah. week. Um, and I think you you have some plans for that show. And, yeah, definitely. And I, and I have some plans. I got some fun plans in my mind. Oh, man. We'll see I'm what excited. happens. We'll I'm see. Excited. Just depends. Can we let these pistols down now that we've had on the table this show yeah we can put the right, yeah we'll, right. <laughs> uh, travis thanks for being on again man hey, thank you Billy. it was awesome you're always fun and so i look forward to future shows and um yeah man excellent that's it awesome 25. thanks guys we'll see you next week thank you guys see ya bye-bye later